Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Guys, we're just 38 days away from Colts football. The Colts kick off September 13th in Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm pumped up. It's a positive time now as this world has been turned inside out, upside down over the past five months. But now we have basketball back, we have hockey back, we have baseball back. So at least now we're starting to get back into the swing of things with sports. The Colts are in training camp and just 38 days until week one in Jacksonville against Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a lot to be positive about, a lot to be optimistic about now as we make that turn and sports are coming back. We still have the coronavirus. It's still out there. There's still a lot of negativity in the world. But now if we have that great distraction returning, which is sports. And I said this back in the podcast when we re-signed Anthony Costanzo in March, right after the March Madness tournament was canceled, right after the NBA suspended play and the NHL suspended play and MLB suspended their spring training. And we didn't know what the future held for sports at that time. And I said, what really sucks about this Because these are human beings, they are at risk just like any of us are at risk. And at that time, we knew a lot less about the virus than we know today, and we weren't set up. Like the NBA at the time was not set up to just go down to Orlando and have a bubble. That took time and plans and money and resources to put together for them to resume play. You couldn't just say, hey, let's all meet in Orlando, test positive or negative for this thing, and play ball. So at the time in March, we shut all that down. I came on the For the Culture podcast. It was the day we re-signed Anthony Costanzo to the two-year deal. And I said, what really sucks about this is sports are the great distraction. No matter what's going on in your life, in your community, in the world, as bad as it might be, as sport fans, every night we sit down, we turn on the game, and we distract ourselves for two, three, four, five hours a clip. No matter what's going on, if you just broke up with your girlfriend, if you had a terrible day at work, your boss was screaming at you for eight straight hours, you had a natural disaster hit your community, no matter what's going on in your life, if you're a sport fan, at the end of the night, you could sit on the couch, turn on the game, and distract yourself. Now, it's not going to change anything that's going on in your everyday life. It's not going to bring a deceased relative back to life. It's not going to cure the world of COVID-19, but it's going to bring a little bit of positivity, a little bit of optimism to your life, and it's going to distract you from what's going on. Because you go to the store, you see all these signs, COVID-19, wear your mask, blah, 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 and you're like, oh my God, everywhere I turn, I see the virus, I see the virus, I see the virus. But when you sit down and you turn on a game for two, three hours, you're not thinking about the virus. You're not thinking about all the negativity in the world. And people keep talking about how bad 2020 has been. It's been rough. And for me as a huge, huge, huge fan of sports, one of the reasons why it's been so tough for me is because I haven't had that distraction every night to be able to turn on a game and take my mind off what's going on in the real world for a couple hours. Not to erase what's going on in the real world, but to distract myself for a few hours. Because the real world could be tough. The real world could suck. But. When you sit down on the couch and you turn on the game, you can distract yourself for a couple hours. And we didn't have that for five months. And I think it made everything more difficult. And I honestly do not know how people live without being a sport fan. I don't know what they do. I'm sure everybody's got something. Some people have cooking. Some people have fashion. Some people have this, that. I don't know how people do it without sports. 
because that is like all I got, man. At the end of the day, sit down, turn on the game, boom. It distracts you from all the crap, all the negativity in the world. And now we're seeing it come back. We have basketball, we have baseball, we have hockey, and football is right around the corner. And now today, 4 o'clock, was the deadline for players opting out. The Colts had three players, cornerback Marvell Tell, the biggest piece out of these three guys, backup boundary corner, had a solid rookie season. I was really looking forward to watching him play this year. Linebacker Scott Moore was not going to make the roster. He was the first out of these three players to opt out. And then Roland Milligan, safety, a backup, a depth piece, a special teams guy. I thought he was going to make the roster. So two out of these three guys were going to make the roster. Both backups, Marvell Tell, very high upside. And then Sky Moore, in my opinion, wasn't going to make the roster anyway, so we don't lose much there except maybe a practice team player and a camp body who could push other guys to get better. And then if other guys get hurt, he could have potentially made the roster. So out of the three guys, I don't see any huge loss. You don't see Darius Leonard's name or Quinn Nelson or Phillip Rivers or DeForest Buckner or Kenny Moore. There's a Moore on there, but thankfully it's not Kenny Moore. So you look at these three guys, and there's a lot of people out there, critics, haters, whatever you want to call them, who are going to say that not just these three players on the Colts, but any player in basketball, baseball, football, to opt out of the 2020 season. They'll say, oh, this guy is so soft. I work at Target. I stock shelves. I make a fraction of the money. I'll never see that type of money in my life. I'm making $10, $15, $20 an hour. I get up every day. I go to work. That's you. There's other people. I'm not afraid of this virus. I don't wear a mask. I do what I... That's you. Everybody feels the way they feel and I really truly honestly believe as a society we have to do a much better job accepting how other people feel you can't tell somebody else how to feel everybody has their own thoughts everybody has their own fears everybody has their own individual outlook on what's going on now has the NFL done the best job here in terms of COVID-19 protocol? No, I don't believe they have. But in defense of Roger Goodell, and I am not a fan of Roger Goodell by any stretch of the imagination, he does have a difficult task with the number of players and the number of coaches in the NFL in comparison to basketball or baseball or hockey, smaller rosters. He has rosters of 53 plus guys, plus practice squad and larger coaching staff. So for just an example, here's a tweet from Stefan Diggs. If hashtag Adam Silver can respect the voices and protect his NBA players, why can't the NFL commissioner, at NFL commissioner, who is Roger Goodell, do the same? Listen to your players. If we want to have a full season, it will look a lot different with our capital O-U-R safety as the priority. At NFL, make the necessary changes. Hashtag we want to play. And that was a big thing. Hashtag we want to play a lot of players. We're tweeting that. And my response to that would be, Adam Silver is 100 times, 1,000 times, the commissioner Roger Goodell will ever be. But we have to be fair to Goodell in this set of circumstances because you cannot stick 2,000-plus players and 700-plus coaches in a bubble in Orlando. Logistically, it's just not possible to stick that many players and coaches into one spot, plus trainers, plus camera crews, plus all that goes in to an NFL team in an NFL season. 
It's just not possible to do. There's a reason why the NFL only plays once a week. There's a reason why these rosters are as large as they are. And with the amount of people it takes to play an NFL football game, and then you multiply that by 16 for the 32 teams, two teams per game, 16 games without a bye per week, it's just not possible to stick 2,000-plus players 700-plus coaches and trainers and everybody involved in a bubble in Orlando. The NBA has it much easier. You have much smaller rosters, much smaller coaching staffs. You eliminated eight of the teams before you went down to Orlando. The Knicks, the Warriors, those teams who have been eliminated aren't down playing basketball right now in Orlando in the bubble. So you were able to eliminate teams because you have already started your regular season and it got cut short and suspended back in March. So the NBA had it much easier. In the MLB, the players voted against a bubble, and we've seen some repercussions because the Marlins missed a handful of games. The Phillies missed a couple of games. Now the Cardinals are having positive cases pop up. But you look at the Marlins, they had 14 players on their team, a little bit over half their team, contracted the virus. And when they contract the virus, you're not going to be allowed to play. Now, Everybody has a different opinion on this. Yes, those players tested positive, but they didn't have symptoms. Most of those players were asymptomatic. And that's where it starts to get tricky and the politics come in. And I'm taking a step back from all that. I don't think we should get into all that. Everybody has their opinion, their feeling. And that's why when you look at these three players on the Colts, we have to respect the way they feel. We have to respect their decision in this situation it's their personal choice yes i want to play no i don't want to play and we do really need to respect that but to the players who expected roger goodell and again if i had to list all the commissioners and all the sports goodell would be towards the bottom i think goodell is terrible when it comes to player safety and this would technically fall under a safety issue being a health concern a health related issue with the coronavirus being a physical illness that you could contract and then you could bring home and spread to your parents and spread to your children spread to your neighbors and just you know keep this thing going and going and going the way it's been going with these cases growing and growing especially because there's a lot of travel involved and you're getting on airplanes every week and you're flying around the country and even though baseball is still traveling their travel is more local more regional so if you're in the AL East, you're playing the AL East and you're playing the NL East. You're not flying to Seattle. You're not flying to Anaheim. You're not flying to San Fran. So you're going to stay on East Coast time, which is better for the jet lag because in baseball, they're playing 60 games in 67 days. In the NFL, it's a little bit different. You could travel a little bit more, not because of COVID, but because the jet lag isn't an issue. So I don't really blame Goodell for not cutting back on the travel because if you're getting on a plane and you're flying the virus doesn't care if you're flying to florida or if you're flying to seattle or if you're flying to new york or if you're flying to dallas yes certain cities are hotbeds certain cities have higher covid cases or percentages but at the end of the day the mlb isn't eliminating certain cities except Toronto because Canada wouldn't let the Blue Jays play home games. But that was a Canada decision versus an American decision to play the games. So 
When you look at the travel, I think that will be an issue in the NFL as it's going to be in baseball and it has already been in baseball because, again, baseball and football not being played in bubbles, basketball and hockey being played in bubbles. So when you're in a bubble and we've seen the numbers, they're fantastic. The MLB players didn't want a bubble. I don't know if the NFL players wanted a bubble or not, but they didn't get a bubble. And in my opinion, if they were to do a bubble, logistically it's impossible. I meant to say this before. Logistically it's impossible to stick 2,000 players and 700 coaches and all the trainers into one bubble. But what they could have done was they could have went regional with the bubbles, done a north, south, east, and west bubble. You do one bubble in each quadrant of the country, and then you do the AFC South and NFC South in one bubble, the AFC North and the NFC North in another bubble, the AFC East, the NFC East in another bubble, and then the Wests together in a bubble. So you have four bubbles, and then you could have 12 games, let's say, per team. I don't know if you want to play 16 games per team because then you'd be playing the same team three times. And as a Colt fan, I wouldn't want to play a NFC South team three times but knowing the NFL they were never going to do that because you would lose games there was no chance you were going to go into a bubble and you were going to play all 16 games if you went into a bubble format you were going to lose games or you were going to lose matchups and you were going to see the same team play the same teams three or four times and nobody wanted to see that so I never thought we were going to get a bubble in football because logistically to put everybody in the same bubble would have been impossible. And then the regional bubble thing, A, the NFL waited too long because they waited all the way. They did absolutely nothing from the time that the NBA suspended play in March all the way up until when the Marlins had 14 positive cases in late July. The NFL did nothing. So the NBA and the NHL are working tirelessly for three, four, five months preparing their bubble to go down to Orlando and play. Meanwhile, the NFL is seemingly doing nothing to prepare themselves. So that was a little bit of a wake-up call, seeing the MLB have issues and then seeing teams have to suspend play for the Marlins, the Phillies, and the Orioles and Yankees were playing the Marlins and Phillies, so they all lost games. And it might be tough because when the schedules came out, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. The NFL will have more wiggle room, but when you look at baseball, 60 games in 67 days, you have to figure there's going to be some rainouts, and that's why they're going with the seven-inning doubleheaders opposed to two nine-inning doubleheaders. So you could have a 14-inning doubleheader getting two games out of the way opposed to 18 innings to get two games out of the way, especially if you have extra innings in one of those two games. You could be playing 20, 21, 22, 23 innings to get two games done, and then you're playing the next day. There's no off days because you're pretty much playing every day, and you don't have a lot of wiggle room in the MLB. So the NFL, the bubble stuff, in my opinion, that's far gone. At this point, it's full steam ahead. We're in training camp, no preseason, all four preseason games have been canceled. We're going into September. We're starting on the starting date, and we're going through to the Super Bowl. Now, there's a lot of concerns about will we make it through the baseball season. Everybody's saying, oh, as of Monday, that baseball could be canceled. And then if baseball gets canceled, does that mean football is going to get canceled? Because they have more players. They have more coaches. They have more trainers. They have more contact in baseball you don't see a lot of contact and the Marlins had 14 positive cases and they didn't spread it to the Phillies so that's a positive right now in baseball if your team gets it they'll spread it with each other but they're not going to spread it with their opponent 
In football, I think that's going to be harder to achieve because if one team gets it, you're tackling, you're breathing, you're spitting on other guys, especially in the trenches. It's such a physical game. I can't see one team getting it without spreading it to another team. And at that point, you're going to have a snowball effect where the entire league is going to get it within a month. And you do not want that. Now, with all that being said, could I see baseball shut down in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks? Yeah, I could see it shut down. You couldn't shut it down after the Marlins got it because you knew the MLB, the owners, the players, the commissioner, and Rob Manfred, who's had a horrible year, they all knew going into this season that at some point, it sucked it was the first weekend with the Marlins, but they knew at some point that there was going to be an outbreak. At some point, a handful of players were going to get it. Unlike the NBA, who was pretty confident if you have to test negative multiple times to enter the bubble, we're going to be pretty good. And we haven't seen any positive cases in like a month now in the NBA because they were down there training well before the game started. And the same thing with the NHL, the same thing with the WNBA, the same thing with the MLS. They're all doing a phenomenal job in their bubbles. The MLB not in a bubble. We could see them shut down at any time. Now, the reason I could see the MLB shut down and I can't see the NFL shutting down is because the NFL is the NFL. Roger Goodell, as much as we hate Roger Goodell, and trust me, I hate Roger Goodell, the best aspect of Goodell, which is not always in the best interest of the players, but with Roger Goodell, the show always goes on. When the virus hit in March, we still got free agency. We still got the draft. We canceled OTAs because the OTAs don't make teams any money. Roger Goodell does not have a fat wallet because of OTAs. He has a fat wallet because of the games, because of the playoffs, because of the Super Bowl, because of the draft. So any money-making opportunity for the NFL, besides the preseason, which might make them a couple nickels and dimes, that won't get canceled. Canceling the preseason was easy. It was an easy bone to throw to the players. Plus, you didn't want outbreaks in the preseason where everybody rallied together and forced you to shut down by week one. So we now know we're getting to week one. It's pretty much guaranteed we're getting to week one. I can't see a start, stop, start, stop, start, cancel scenario for the NFL. They're going to start, and it's going to be like a freight train. Players will be getting sick, in my opinion, and they're just going to be replaced. We might see XFL caliber rosters at some point for certain teams in the middle of October, November, December, unfortunately, but that's the way I see it going because the NFL has dangers that the other sports don't have. You can't compare the injury risk to basketball, to baseball, to football, to hockey, to tennis, to golf. When you compare all the sports, football is far and wide the most dangerous out of all the sports. And they seem to have the commissioner who cares the least about player safety because the chances of getting concussed and getting injured on an NFL field is so much higher than on a baseball diamond or a basketball court. So when you have a normal situation, Roger Goodell doesn't care about player safety in comparison to Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of a much, much safer sport. So my overall point is, the virus doesn't care if you play basketball, baseball, football, hockey, golf, tennis, whatever. The virus is the virus. So Goodell, Manfred, 
silver, they're all on the same equal playing field here because the virus doesn't care what sport you play. Now, there's more contact in football than baseball. So that gives football a higher probability to spread it around. There's more players on a football team. There's more coaches. There's more people in a locker room. But when it comes to concussions, Goodell doesn't care. When it comes to ACL tears and all the injuries that come into play in football, Goodell doesn't care. And those injuries are much more likely in a game of football opposed to a game of basketball or a game of baseball. But now with the virus, a basketball player could get the virus, a baseball player could get the virus, a football player could get the virus. So if baseball's still playing and players are sick, I 1,000% expect football to keep playing. I think Adele will just go with replacement player after replacement player after replacement player. We've already seen over 60 players opt out, and I think that we will see players get sick throughout the season, but I do not expect the NFL to stop play. Plus, one of the advantages of football is the fact that you're only playing once a week. So you could have the virus do a 13-day quarantine, and you might only miss one game, but you quarantine for 13 days. You leave the NBA bubble, you come back, you have to quarantine for 13, 14 days, you could miss five, six, seven games. You quarantine in baseball for two weeks, you could miss 12, 13 games. They're playing 60 games in 67 days. So the NFL is in an advantageous position there because they play so many less games and their games are so far apart. I also think when we get into the playoffs, it would not be a bad idea to expand the playoffs and do buys after every round. So you do the first round, you do a buy. Now all of a sudden you have two weeks. So if any players are sick, you have two weeks to quarantine your entire roster and get them back. Do virtual meetings, get them back, and go on to your next playoff game, and you just expand the playoffs. So instead of having five weeks of playoffs, you have ten weeks of playoffs, but at least you get all the playoff games in. Especially at the Super Bowl, you already have that media week. So if a player gets sick the Monday after the AFC or NFC Championship, so like let's say Patrick Mahomes gets sick after the AFC Championship, he's going to the Super Bowl, You have two weeks now before the Super Bowl. So maybe media week will be different. You don't have these players doing all the interviews and stuff. But at least it gives the NFL a little bit of wiggle room that the other sports don't have the luxury of having. In baseball, you could play seven games in seven days. In football, you play one game per week. So it just changes everything. But Again, my biggest problem with Roger Goodell is his lack of concern for player safety. And let me say this. We're talking a lot about COVID-19. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you're afraid of COVID, if you want to lock yourself in the basement, if you want to wear triple-layered masks every time you go out, fine with me. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody is allowed to feel the way they feel. I don't have any problem with any player opting out. And I'm not just saying it because it's two backups and a practice squad caliber player. I'm saying this because this is how I truly feel. If... Quinn Nelson opted out or Darius Leonard opted out, it would have sucked. There would have been a pit in my stomach, but at the same time, I would have had to say, you know what? I respect your decision. As a human being who's looking out for their own well-being and their family, I respect it. But let me also say this. The danger of playing football and getting a concussion, getting CTE, tearing up your knee, 
your back, all the injuries that you could get from playing football. Being in a wheelchair by the time you're 50 years old because you played for five seasons in the NFL. The danger of football, in my opinion, is so much greater than the danger of this virus, especially because the guys playing the sport are healthy guys in between the ages of 21 and, I guess, 43 with Tom Brady. Now that Adam Vinatieri is most likely, in my opinion, going to retire. So between the ages of 22 and 43, healthy, nutritious guys that work out, they're well-conditioned, these guys are fine. And most of them have the money to say, you know what, even though I live with my grandparents or I live with my parents or they live with me because I'm the one making millions of dollars playing football, I'm going to put them up in a house or I'm going to put them up in a condo for this season so I could go to work and I could do my job. And I think that's what a lot of these players are doing because, yes, 60 players have opted out, but over 2,000 players have opted in, well over 2,000 players because we haven't had the roster cutdowns yet. So most players have opted in. The Colts have three players who opted out. I 100% respect each and every one of their opinions. I respect their feelings. And that's somewhere as a society, something as a society we have to do a much better job of saying, I understand how you feel about this. I personally don't feel the same way, but I understand the way you feel. And I want to make you comfortable. And that's how I live my life. When I go out to the store, am I nervous about COVID-19? No. But when I go into a store, I wear a mask. I have Purell. I go through the protocols. I stand six feet away because I want my neighbor. I want the person standing next to me to feel comfortable. I don't want people to feel like I'm going to spread something to them. I want them to feel comfortable until this is all over, until this is a vaccine. Eventually, we're going to go back to everyday life. And getting sports back is a great start. Because all the negativity in the world goes away for two, three, four hours. When you sit down on the couch at night and you watch your favorite team player, you watch any team player, you bet on a team, or you do whatever. At the end of the day, when you sit down, when you chill, when you watch a game, it takes all that away. It makes life so much simpler when you kick back, you relax, and you watch a game. And you forget about war. You forget about natural disasters. You forget about relationship issues. You forget about what's going on at work. You forget about all that, or school, or whatever. No matter what's going on in your life, you forget about all that for a couple hours when you sit down and you watch a game. So I'm so happy to have sports back on television. It just makes everything so much happier, so much more optimistic. And that's me as a sport fan. I'm sure everybody's different. Everybody has their own niche. Everybody has their own form of entertainment. But for me as a sport fan and everybody listening to this podcast as sport fans, It's awesome to have that at the end of the night. And I can't wait to get football back. And football really up until this point has not missed a beat. We saw free agency. We saw the draft. Now we're going into the summer. We have training camp. We're going to lose out on the preseason. Big whoop. The only thing we're really missing out on, a couple camp battles and getting to watch Jacob Eason. I really wanted to watch Eason play. That was Eason's season. Unfortunately, it has to wait until August of 2021. But Frank Reich says, He sees good things, so he's going to make the roster, in my opinion. He'll be on the roster, and we'll have a chance to see Easton play on the preseason field next August. So, guys, everybody stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Do all the proper protocols. Just make your neighbor feel comfortable. I really don't understand the mindset of, I'm not going to do it because I'm not blah, 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 blah. That's you. That's how you feel. But respect your neighbor. Respect the person standing next to you. Now, if that person comes into your house, then yeah, they're going to have to play by your rules because now they're in your house. But anybody who's mad at these three Colt players or mad at any player who's opting out for the 2020 season, 
try to look at it from their perspective. They have a fear. They have a worry about COVID-19. And you have to respect that because that's how they feel. It's not how you feel. It's not how Philip Rivers feels. It's not how Darius Leonard feels. It's not how Frank Reich or Chris Ballard or Quentin Nelson feels. That's how that player feels. That's how Marvell Tell feels. And we don't know. Marvell Tell might have a child with diabetes or he might have a girlfriend or a wife who survived cancer. We don't know what his predicament is. We don't know what his phobias are. There's germaphobes. There's people who are so afraid of getting sick. You have to respect that. There's people who are afraid of the dark. If one of these players opted out because of a fear, you can't tell them how to feel. You can't tell them what to be afraid of. You can't tell them what not to be afraid of. You could explain statistically, these are the chances of getting it. If you get it, these are the chances of having serious symptoms. These are the chances of dying. And the chances of dying if you're a healthy football player are very, 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 very low. They're low for pretty much everybody under the age of 60. But everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to the way they feel. And you can't tell another person how to feel. I mean, I don't know why that's so difficult in our world where everybody feels the need to tell other people, oh, you're so soft. How come you're afraid of this virus? Because people are afraid. There's people who are afraid of spiders, spiders that don't bite, ants, flies, afraid of the dark, afraid of heights. Most of those things aren't going to do anything to you, but that's that person's fear, and you have to respect that. You have to respect the way they feel. You cannot tell another human being how to feel. That's what makes us all individuals and unique and awesome. So we do need to do a much better job of that as a society. When I see a Colts player like Moore, I see Marvell Tell or Roland Milligan opt out, and then you look down in the comments and you see all these people telling them, you're so soft if I were you, if I were you, if you were him, but you're not him. So you can't make decisions for him. There's also things that he does that you would never do because you know what? If you were Marvell Tell or you were any of these guys, it would probably take one NFL football game for you to say, Jesus Christ, these guys are lunatics. This game is so dangerous, but that's just the way the mind works. Certain people aren't afraid. I watched this one documentary on Netflix, and this guy climbs mountains without a safety, without a harness, and he literally just climbs with his fingertips. He's not afraid. But there's certain people, they could do something so dangerous, and they could be afraid of something that seems like nothing. I'm not afraid of this virus. I go, I try to live my life as normal as I can at this moment. I still wear a mask. I still do all the proper protocol because of the people around me. And of course, I don't want to get sick. So I go about my life. I wear a mask. I do everything. If I was an NFL player, I would still play because I'm not afraid of the virus. But the crazy thing is there's other reasons why I wouldn't play because I played high school football and there became a point where I was like, you know what? It's just too physical for me. So it's funny because I opted out of football my sophomore year of high school, and I stuck to basketball because I said football is just too dangerous of a game. But at the same time, I'm going to the park right now, and I'm playing basketball with this coronavirus going on. And it's crazy because playing basketball at the park, the chances of getting coronavirus have to be higher than playing NFL football right now because of all the money and resources going into protecting these players. When you go on the Colts.com app, you can watch how they're spraying these guys down they're doing tests every day. They're getting quarantined if they're sick. They're getting sprayed with this disinfectant spray. So they're being so safe. I'm going to the park. I'm playing with random strangers. The chances of me getting the virus is so much higher than these NFL players in training camp at the moment. But I would never play NFL football because I would be so afraid. Well, first off, obviously, I don't have the talent. But I would be so afraid 
of the contact. And then you have these guys who aren't afraid of contact who are afraid of the virus. And that's why we're all individuals. We all have our own thought processes and you just have to respect these guys. So I respect all their decisions. We had three players opt out of the 2020 season, Sky Moore, Roland Milligan, Marvell Tell. And Marvell Tell is a big blow. He was a big part. He was our third boundary corner, most likely, after Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Asin. It makes losing Pierre Desir look big now because now we lose one of these depth pieces for the boundary corners. And obviously, Kenny Moore will start in the slot, and he's evolved into, in my opinion, a all-pro caliber player. He's an elite slot corner. He just hasn't got the notoriety he deserves up until this point. So boundary corner is going to be somewhere we might have to look to pick up a guy or two to compete for that spot because he was going to be a big role player on this team. And then safety depth as well. There's a couple good safeties out there. Maybe look to bring back Clayton Gathers for another one year, put him on a one-year deal to bring him back. He's still a free agent. So there's options out there at safety. The guy from the Chiefs, I think I'm blanking on the name, Eric Berry still out there. He played for Ballard when Ballard was in Kansas City. Teammates, good friends with Justin Houston. So maybe you bring him in, an experienced vet to throw back there. And then you have a little bit more depth in the secondary after losing Roland Nolligan. So there's options out there for the boundary corner. There's options out there for the safety position with those two guys we lose. Sky Moore, you're not losing anything. We were extremely deep at linebacker, too deep for him to make the roster. I think there was other teams around the league he probably could have made their rosters. He wasn't going to make our roster. We're just too deep at linebacker right now. But you look at the overall roster, you got to be happy. You didn't lose a starter. You didn't lose Costanzo. Costanzo considered opting out. You didn't lose him. You didn't lose Rivers. You didn't lose Leonard or Nelson. So you look at this roster, I still feel really good about it. The guys who do opt out, I think they get 150000 for the season, but they have to pay it back next year. And also, these guys opting out are making tough choices. That's another thing. This is not an easy decision. Sky Moore now has been battling to make this roster for two years. He's been pretty much a practice squad guy. This is his dream. You know, These guys dream of playing in the NFL and making millions of dollars. And you opt out, there's no guarantee. If Leonard opts out, he's guaranteed a spot next year. He's guaranteed eventually to make $100-plus million in this league. If you're a guy like Sky Moore, you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed to come back another year older next year and just make a roster and just make all that money and have the money to easily pay back this 150 k So these guys are kind of betting on themselves for the future, and they are making big sacrifices and they're making big choices and decisions here so we really have to respect the decisions they're making i know i respect it i hope everybody out there respects it. i saw some stuff on twitter that made me go on this little tirade for a couple minutes that i didn't like people saying these guys are soft they're pussies blah, 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 blah. respect the way another human being feels in every aspect of life and that's all I got, guys. So we have an interview coming up this week. I hope to get that out in the next couple of days. Also going to do a q and I took questions on Twitter, so I'll try to get that out. Guys, subscribe to us, please, on Twitter. Hit the like button. Do all that YouTube stuff. Subscribe, share, like. We're also on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Radio.com. We're on iHeart. We're on all those podcasting platforms. So... We really appreciate that. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can pretty much hit us up anywhere. And, guys, we're just 38 days away from Colts football. Colts, Jags, week one on September 13th. I can't wait, and I can't wait to cover it right here 
on the For the Culture Podcast.